Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, June 10th. We begin with the announcement that the Keystone XL pipeline project has officially been scrapped. We get reaction and clarity as to what this means for our province and our country from Dan McTagg, president of Canadians for Affordable Energy. Today's the big day in Alberta, stage two of the Open for Summer reopening plan. Our very own Dave McIver brings us details on the lengthy list of what we can and cannot do starting today. June is Pride Month, and as such, plans are now being revealed as to what the festivities will look like for Pride Week coming up in August. We get a full rundown of events from Hasina Juma, Director of Organizational Change at Calgary Pride. And finally, summer is mere weeks away. So we catch up with tech expert Mark Saltzman to tell us about some new tech that can help put some sizzle into your summer. More bad news for the oil sector. After announcing back in January that it was suspending work on the Keystone XL pipeline, the company behind the major infrastructure project, TC Energy, has now put the brakes on it altogether. Now, the line was supposed to carry crew from Alberta's oil stands to the west coast of the U.S., but it ran into many obstacles. And most recently, in January, when President Joe Biden pulled the presidential permit for the line. How will this decision affect our energy prices and the industry as a whole? For some clarity, we turn to the president of Canadians for Affordable Energy, Dan McTagg. Good morning to you, Dan. Good morning, Eddie. Good morning, Sue. Well, Dan, I'm going to assume you're not overly surprised by this decision. Not at all. And of course, uh, apart from the fact that I mean, this is nothing less than a slap in the face from the U.S. Uh, to Canadians, the irony uh, is that uh, it is likely to lead to much higher oil prices and much higher gas prices for Americans. And uh, although, you know, I'm speaking to a Canadian audience, I have spoken many, many times during many interviews in my previous work uh, with American media and uh, with Americans in general. I can tell you Americans are far more sensitive to price volatility and price increases uh, at the pumps and energy prices in general, as well as the issue of what was once prized for over two, three decades, energy security. And all of that now has been in one fell swoop uh, put uh, put aside. And uh, the decision by the Biden administration, I think, has uh, pretty much sealed the fate uh, for uh, Americans, as uh, we've seen here in Canada as well. So I think the decision yesterday by TC Energy, understandable. Second time they've had to cancel a pipeline, uh, we recall very well Energy East. And uh, we have a federal government in Ottawa that continues to believe that uh, you can have uh, you can have it both ways. You can continue to build pipelines provided you, uh, uh, you know, you satisfy a laundry list of irrelevant uh, factors, uh, which at the end of the day will still be blocked, uh, whether by our own government, by protesters, or in this case, uh, by woke activists within the Biden administration. Dan, we hear this number being mentioned a lot since this announcement came down yesterday, that $1.3 billion. So what does this actually mean for our pocketbooks in the long term, both here in Alberta and across the country? Well, look, Americans have uh, seen their uh, energy production, their oil production drop 1.5 million barrels a day. Uh, but that in perspective, uh, prior to the pandemic, 12 million barrels a day produced, a lot of that exported. Uh, some of it, of course, imported uh, from Canada, 3 million barrels plus a day. What we're now seeing is a shortfall in the United States. Uh, and it, it's not just any shortfall. It just happens to be heavy oil, which they desperately needed, which most of the refineries, not just in the U.S. Midwest, but in the U.S. Gulf Coast, have reconfigured to accept 
You can do more with heavy oil than you can with light oil. I know that's bad news for some of the uh, folks out there who spread myths about uh, our oil sands. But at the end of all of this, it's the Americans who are going to wind up short. And um, OPEC, OPEC Plus, which of course Saudi Arabia, Russia, uh, and 12 other nations couldn't be happier. They're now officially the swing uh, producers, meaning, of course, they control price. And at the time in which the global economy is starting to pick up steam and more oil is being used, Canada is effectively shut out. And uh, it's not just, uh, you know, prices for Americans. What does this mean for Canada? Ultimately, our inability to sell more oil means our inability to pay down debt, our inability to service our social programs, our inability to continue to track investments in an area of the economy, which happens to be our largest exporter. 11% of their GDP is based on oil. And if we're prepared to trade that away and throw that, uh, you know, discard that to the side and think nothing of it, trivialize it, well, I want those who've been pushing this kind of radical activism, and I don't mean to pick anybody in particular because a lot of sectors are doing it, be prepared for a substantial uh, decline in the Canadian, not just the Alberta, but the Canadian standard of living. We're just not going to have the money to pay our bills, and we're going to have to start to figure out which sectors of the economy and what, what jobs and what uh, priorities are going to have to be nixed as the government no longer has money to, uh, to service uh, Canadians' lofty sense of what uh, they should expect in terms of social programs. So it has a number of implications, but higher prices for sure. We're already seeing that, of course, with uh, uh, gas prices in places like Newfoundland at $1.45, British Columbia, Vancouver in particular at $1.57, us here from $1.24, $1.23 all the way to $1.30, my sense is that you ain't seen nothing yet just on that one uh, factor alone. And, of course, when oil prices gas prices move up artificially, given the weakness of the Canadian dollar, it means that the price of everything is going to go up because we price all of our products, uh, all of our commodities that we consume in U.S. terms. So bad news day for Canada, uh, and Canadians uh, nowhere in the country should be celebrating this. Even looking bigger picture when it comes to the in- industry, Dan, you know, beyond the Trans Mountain expansion through B.C., Are we ever going to see another major pipeline built in our country? No, and that's the way the Liberals and many of their friends in Ottawa want it. They don't want pipelines. Um, You know, there's a move yesterday by uh, a a number of uh, uh, oil patch uh, players in the oil sands, by the way, an area that's seen drop in methane and emissions by 22% over the past decade, getting together and saying, hey, we'll do everything you want, we'll... uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll try to achieve all the uh, tick all the boxes for the environmentalists and the uh, the eco fanatics uh, for which alarmism is is well torqued. Um, but at the end of all of this, it still comes down to pipelines. You can do all you want at the production end, but if you still have uh, a bill C sixty eight, a bill C forty nine, the Liberals passed a couple of years ago, that says you have to uh, achieve a number of other objectives, including downstream emissions and pipelines being responsible for those. I think it's it's game over for pipelines being built in Canada. And what it really means is the strangulation of the Canadian economy, not just this industry, but the strangulation of the Canadian economy as a whole. This is going to get real very quickly. Uh, pandemic will be over, hopefully. Uh, we'll be beyond uh, uh, the third, fourth strain or the Delta, whatever they're referring to it as. Uh, but once uh, we look for a restart in the economy and we realize that our main engines of economic growth, uh, manufacturing, uh, oil and gas, uh, and of course, uh, mining and, uh, and agriculture can't meet the challenge and shortfalls take place. Uh, we're going to be in a real hard position in this country. And I think that's why 
not being able to build another pipeline sends a message to the rest of the world that uh, Canada has effectively, uh, you know, throttled itself, stifled itself, and decided that it's no longer going to be in this business. And that uh, is not a good thing because the world is going to continue to use fossil fuels, whether we like it or not, responsibly, as Canada has done uh, for the foreseeable half century. A bleak view, for sure. Thank you for sharing your thoughts, Dan. I appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for having me, Sue. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Dan. Dan McTagg is the president of Canadians for Affordable Energy. Just a quick side note, when it comes to the pandemic, we saw all those trucks rolling. The truckers kept us going during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So if you think, okay, well, I'll get a hybrid car or I'll take transit. If you think this won't affect your bottom line, every every cost that is raised over the next several years will be passed down to us as consumers. Mm -hmm. And today is the day. Have you had June 10th circled on the calendar? Is that the case? Because we're moving into stage two. The big question is, though, uh, we knew that we'd have to hit 60% of our vaccination threshold to loosen some of the COVID-19 restrictions. Now we're at 67%, Sue. So with details on what we can do since we've hit that mark and what we can't do, we're joined by Dave McIver. Lay it on us, Dave. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, (laughs) that's amore. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's some order. I know. You've wine been, and pizza. Wine and pizza. You haven't been in a restaurant with friends for a while. Mm-hmm. So watch that wine consumption because uh, indoor dining, of course, is once again allowed in Alberta. Uh, a maximum of six people are allowed at each table for both indoor and outdoor dining. While physical distancing still applies, dining parties are no longer restricted to one household. Woo-hoo. Sue, I know you said you're pretty excited about that one. I am. Oh, it's going to be great. hope your family isn't uh, listening, Sue. I wasn't going with them. That's what I mean. <laughs> no. probably, why, she said she's excited. What about us? <laughs> uh, what else do we have opening today? Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Well, and if... Some theaters, you can just sit in your seat, and then they'll bring you the treat because uh, movie theaters are uh, back awesome. o- all back open today. Uh, indoor recreation and entertainment um, facilities now open uh, at one-third of fire code capacity. Uh, things like recreation centers, casinos, cinemas, theaters, uh, museums, galleries, and libraries. Um, we do have some provincially-owned museums and heritage sites planning to reopen uh, on the following dates. So uh, the Provincial Archives of Alberta, the Royal Terrell Museum of uh, Paleo, Ontology, of course, June 10th, uh, the Frank Slide Interpretive Center, which is, I've only been there once, but what an amazing uh, spot of uh, history in our province. You can go visit that on June 16th, along with the Remington Carriage Museum and the Royal Alberta Museum. And then uh, the reopening will continue uh, throughout the month uh, with the Ukrainian Cultural Heritage Center, the Head Smashed in Buffalo Jump, and the Reynolds Alberta Museum. But you're going to want to pay attention because time ticketing is in place Mm -hmm. at several facilities uh, to allow for reduced uh, capacity and, of course, that uh, physical distancing aspect. So uh, visitors are asked to book their tickets in advance. So uh, what else do we have opening today? I know my wife is excited about this one. Hello, let us begin by introducing ourselves. I am Hans. (laughs) I'm Franz. And we want to pump 
You up. Yes, it is time <laughs> to get back into the gyms and uh, fitness studios. They can open for solo and drop-in activities as well as indoor fitness classes. Of course, uh, three meters of physical distancing required between uh, participants for uh, for gyms and uh, fitness studios. So uh, a big one there. We've also got uh, outdoor social gatherings uh, opening up to uh, groups of 20 people outdoors. Previously, the limit was 10 up until yesterday for outdoor gatherings gatherings and uh as i've said in every single uh you know, one we've talked about so far physical distancing is required mm-hmm. between households and of uh indoor social gatherings still not allowed now sue i know you can talk to this one and what this will mean for a lot of people getting uh married uh over the next little bit uh, wedding ceremony capacity doubling to 20 people both indoors and outdoors mm-hmm. uh wedding receptions are now permitted uh but are uh, are only allowed uh, outside sue i know you've done a few weddings especially in the last couple weeks here what's this going to mean for people who, uh, you know, can now open it up for at least, you know, 10 more people. I think it's a big deal because, you know, I was saying that earlier, me and the couple, that's three of what was allowed 10. So, you you know, and throw in a couple of sets of parents and now you can't really have anybody else. So to add another 10 people to a wedding is hugely important. And I know for funerals as well, it's the same. People have put off, you know, uh, celebrations of life for their loved ones. And this allows them to have a few more people to come and, and, and recognize that. So it's it's great news for both of those things. Yeah, I mean, uh, now you can you know possibly have uh, you know a couple people in your wedding party or something exactly, to uh, yeah. head to a funeral, which just you know makes or to a wedding rather yeah. that just makes it that more uh, that much more fun. You mixed up wedding and funeral. Do you uh, have something to say? I mean, your wife might be listening here. <laughs> you equate the two. Here's here's the question. Uh, should I just jump over that? I, mean, I was just, just going to say important though, gatherings of loved ones is what he's getting at, to, Andy. To a certain extent, I, and I do, uh, as who had mentioned this earlier in the program, like a lot of people, they have their smaller and then have the party down the line. I would think that, you know, even with 20 people, you know, max and as a ceremony not to deal with the reception, this is a great opportunity to save bucks on your wedding. I mean, and the excuse is built in because Sorry, you can't have invite you. 150 <laughs> people and rent a huge facility. Yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, that's a big one. Like you said, uh, funeral services, 20 people um, inside, outside, the exact same as uh, wedding ceremonies. The places of worship, capacity. Uh, there will increase to one-third of fire code capacity, up from 15% in the uh, Stage 1. Uh, personal and wellness services. So uh, Albertans who need to get, uh, you know, the haircut, as we've seen me go through a few and times. And he's needed a pedicure for weeks. Weeks, so I he know. he can walk in for that I now. I know. He can't do it himself, right? No. So I don't have those kind of industrial tools. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, hair salons, nail studios, barber shops uh, back open. Uh, good news for our post-secondary institutions. They are now going to resume uh, in-person learning. Uh, retail, you want to go shopping uh, with uh, maybe some more people. That uh, capacity increases to one-third of the fire code occupancy, up from 15%. Um, and then stores, of course, will maintain their ability to distance uh, their patrons and uh, the big ones, right? Uh, I think these ones are huge for uh, kids around uh, the city. Uh, youth activities and youth and adult sports uh, open back up. Yes. Um, you know, I've seen signs as I drive out of my uh, community in McKenzie, um, you know, advertising already for, uh, you know, community camps that uh, kids will be able to get into, which I think is awesome. Outdoor camps are open now, too. Yes. Um, or overnight, I should say. Dave. Day camps, overnight, and play centers can resume. They do have some restrictions. I 
youth and adult sports. Sue, I heard you talking about your daughter four games this weekend. Could not be happier mm-hmm. for her and all the young athletes in this city who are going to get out there and get to enjoy uh, you know, playing games again, which is just awesome. And, of course, our adult sports as well um, that we'll be able to uh, you know, enjoy uh, going out uh, during the evening, during the week, and uh, have some fun out there. Outdoor public gatherings uh, like concert and festivals, they're allowed to uh, up to uh, 150 people. Outdoor fixed uh, seating facilities uh, like grandstands are allowed to reopen with one-third capacity and uh, work from home, of course. Uh, That order is lifted under Stage 2. However, working from home where possible is recommended. But to get to Stage 3... We need to remember that we need to get to 70%, something that Jason Kenney talked about when we did this Open for Summer plan. So the summer we have and the fall that we will prepare ourselves for is completely within our control. Every person, every single Albertan can make a difference, at least those who are 12 and above. Every dose delivered is another step closer to protecting your loved ones, your neighbours and your community, and another step closer to getting their lives back to normal. If you haven't made an appointment, pl- appointment, please do so. Please get protected. Hey, we want things to go back to normal. There is a number that's been set. We got to get there. And lastly, distancing and masking. There are requirements that remain in place across Alberta under stage two. Thank you for the update, Dave. Dave McIver, 770 CHQR show contributor and roving reporter. Well, June is Pride Month, so it makes sense to hear from the Calgary Pride organization about the plans for Pride Week. I know it's a bit confusing. This is Pride Month, but Pride Week comes up in August. So we've got a little ways to go and some planning to do, but we're joined this morning by Hasina Juma, who is the Director of Organizational Change at Calgary Pride, to get some details. Morning, Hasina. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Thanks. Happy Pride Month to you. Hey, last week, we know Pride Week obviously moved entirely online. So can you tell us what the plan is for this year? I'm certainly hoping for some in-person fun. Yes. So you have some exciting news. We're doing a blended format this year where there'll be an online component as well as a limited in-person component so we can feel safe while also providing dynamic programming for um, Calgarians. So can you give us some of the details? It sounds like you've got the structure all set up, ready for August for Pride Week. Oh, what sorts of festivities are people going to be able to take part in? So Pride Week is going to be taking place from August 27th to September 6th this year. Our big Pride Parade will be following the same format as last year and being virtual, and that will be held on September the 5th. And we have a couple of cool programming segments that are happening. The first is we're partnering with our friends at Big Art to offer a drive-in program and we'll be offering five days of thematic programming starting from movie nights to theater nights to music nights as well as a circus um, circus night offered by Cirque du Lundi. And the best part about this program is Folks will be able to drive in and view the programs from their car. And we're also going to be broadcasting this, all of the programming that's happening at the drive-in theater live on our social feeds and our website. So folks will be able to view it from their comfort of their homes with their pets and family members. The other big component that we have is our Our Pride initiative. We're bringing it back from, from last year, and it's an opportunity for Calgarians to host community events, and it's led by businesses that host events or 
offer products and services, and they raise money for for Calgary Pride. And in exchange, they get a free diversity and inclusion training. So some of the cool events that happened last year were hotel balcony drag shows, paddle boating down the Bow River, and also from to barbecues as well. So obviously some live component, that's the fun part about it this year. We'll get a little bit back to that. So I'm curious as to the parade. You know, we're having a stampede parade. It is certainly closed to the public, but for late August, just not feeling like this is the time yet to open it up wide like that and just do it virtual again? That is correct. Our main concern when planning for the festivities this year was keeping our community safe, and that was our utmost concern. So given where we are with COVID and the restrictions of the day that keep on changing and evolving um, given what's happening we've decided to the best way forward this year is to have a virtual format similar to last year and we're crossing our fingers that in the new future that we'll be able to return to an in-person festival because folks at Calgary Pride as well as the community members are definitely missing that in-person connection. Mm-hmm. I see you know, here on the program we've uh, talked to many different festival and event organizers who've told us that you know they've had to shuffle and, and, and uh, to use a, a Sioux term pivot mm-hmm. over the past year or so <laughs> but they found bonuses in doing these different hybrid events or online. Uh, do you see silver linings uh, for you know facing these challenges uh, but doing things online? Have, have there been any bonuses for you? For sure. We have an internal thing that we use is we don't pivot, but we sashay. So at Calgary Pride, <laughs> Love it. we have a long history of hosting in-person events, and we were t- able to take some of that learning and convert it into a virtual format. And one of the results of that was we were able to ho- reach a wider audience, as especially for folks who live in rural areas or outside of Calgary. Now folks are able to access these programs from the comforts of their home using their device of choice. Mm -hmm. So we've definitely seen an uptake from there in terms of opportunity and reach. And at the same time, there are also some challenges there where with COVID, there's been more folks who are staying at home and not everyone's home is a safe and supportive Mm -hmm. environment. So we're also hearing there's some folks of the population who um, sometimes it's not, even though the programming is accessible online, for some small groups of folks, that's not necessarily the case. There are, there are some challenges there, but we've been able to adapt our programming and, and, and still have that connection and community element to our programming. But we definitely miss the in-person components. I can tell you that. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we will get some fun for sure and some community. And it is calgarypride.ca for all the details. Thanks so much for joining us, Hasina. Thank you. Appreciate Take it. Care. That's Hasina Juma, who's the Director of Organizational Change at Calgary Pride. Uh, COVID restrictions ease up. We've got tech guru Mark Saltzman joining us this morning to talk about the hottest new products for a fun summer in 2021. Good morning, Mark. Mm-hmm. Hey, Sue, Andy, thanks for having me back on. We're, it's a pleasure always to, to chat with you, so we're pleased that you're with us. You, you always get to, you've got, you. You've got a great job. You always get to check out the coolest gadgets. <laughs> so tell us what you've got for this summer. What's going to make things better for us? Yeah, thank you. So I was on your sister station, Global Calgary, uh, on Sunday with Jody Hughes, showing the new Traeger grill for the backyard. So now that summer is officially here in Alberta, uh, if you haven't yet tasted a wood pellet grill, I encourage you to do so if you take your barbecuing seriously. So the Traeger Ironwood family of grills are also smokers in one. So you can grill and smoke and even bake and roast all on one device. But the the wood pellets are one thing that influences the flavor uh, significantly. But, you know, 
as, as I'm a geek, I also love what's called Wi-Fi technology. So you can control it all with an app. So you can be inside your air-conditioned home, and you can see what's going on on the grill with the temperature sensors that are under the hood, as well as meat thermometers. So you can see the temperature of inside your meat and when it's time to flip your steak, for example. <laughs> it tells you all of this on the app or when it's time to replace the wood pellets and things like that. Um, because as they say, if you're looking, it's not cooking. So you can keep the lid closed and uh, access it all on an app. Uh, there's 1,600 recipes as well. So the Traeger Ironwood family of wood pellet grills start at $15.99. Uh, I treated my family to one about 18 months ago, and, and there's no looking back. I don't know if you guys have tried that. Have you, the, those kinds of wood pellet grills? I've got four barbecues in my yard, Mark, <laughs> but one is not a Traeger. One is not so fancy because I like, to, oh, no, be, I like to be out yeah. there and have a cold well, one while I'm watching it, but now I can be in the comfort of home and still watch it and have a cold one. <laughs> And if you want to be outside too, of course, there's on there's on grill controls too. It's just the app gives that a nice extra little uh, you know uh, convenience factor there. And in fact, it actually works also with smart speakers and Apple Watch, so you can actually say uh, to your Alexa or Google or whatever, you know, start the, the grill and what's the temperature of the grill or raise the grill to four hundred cool. degrees, that kind of thing. Come on, yeah, pretty neat. As you're sipping your cold one. Wow, incredible. Well, um, you know, I, want, I wanted to touch on a few more things when it comes to, to gamers because you've got a lot. Uh, the gaming world isn't, the, you know, the Atari or Intellivision or ColecoVision anymore. Boy, it is high tech. Yeah, it is. And in fact, I'm speaking at a virtual job fair in Edmonton this afternoon, and I'm going to encourage the attendees to really consider video game design. This is a $200 billion business worldwide. Uh, in Canada, it contributes to our GDP. There's lots of amazing game companies across the, the country. Uh, and out today is a new Final Fantasy VII game. It's a remake called Intergrade. This is based on the most critically acclaimed video game of all time, Final Fantasy VII, if you remember that. But now playable on PlayStation 5, as, as you alluded to, Andy, with most amazing graphics now supporting 4K resolution and, and 60 frames per second for really fluid motion, um, a new storyline, uh, better graphics. Uh, this is a fantasy RPG that will give you dozens of hours of entertainment. It's, again, from Square Enix, and it's available now. And then, for uh, as you likely know, for those who do buy an Xbox in Alberta or a PlayStation 5, a lot of a lot of players are now downloading content instead of buying it on disc. It's just more convenient because you can do it from home, especially during the pandemic, right? But what's common is that you run out of space. You run out of storage on the PS5 or Xbox One or Xbox S, whatever. So uh, there's a WD Black D30 drive that plugs into the console, or you can use it on a PC or Mac if you like. But it's an SSD, so a solid state drive instead of a hard disk drive, and that gives you better speeds. So you can access games right off the drive uh, with something that's about the size of, I don't know, a pack of Tic Tacs maybe a bit bigger, and it just snaps into the side of the console with the, the USB cable that comes with it. And it's uh, it's about 119 to start, but you can store up to 50 games on the 2-terabyte mm. version, which is a little bit more money than that. But a great gift for that gamer on your list. Maybe you've got a dad or a grad in June that you want to treat. That would be a good one from WD Black. Great idea. Hey, Mark, I know you're a busy guy. Do you have two more minutes? You can hang with us. Just uh, come back after commercials. I unfortunately have I an interview oh, I know, in I know you're so three busy. minutes. Okay, He's got to go okay, flip you know the meat on the Traeger. Yeah, really. <laughs> Listen, I, I would love to take you up on it if we can uh, put a pin in it and do it another day. If you'd have me, I would love to be a guest on again on the on the morning show. We'll have so, you on. Uh, if you don't, if you. I'd love to be back on, so if you, uh, so please keep me in mind. But unfortunately, I do have another radio interview today. You got it. No problem. I know you're a busy guy. We'll send people to your website. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Mark. Appreciate it. 
You too, guys. Be well. You Take too. care. That's Thank you. Mark Saltzman, tech expert. And you go to his website because there's more Leap Pad Academy he's talking Oof. about and also new television. So there's tons of great gadgets going on for the summertime. It's Mark with a C, MarkSaltzman.com. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.